So we've been going through the Bible, starting in Genesis, uh, and um, finding Jesus in every book of the Bible. And so, uh, obviously, Genesis, we, in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy, we're in, Gen, uh, in January, and we went all the way through until Isaiah. And Isaiah's nickname is uh, the fifth gospel, because everything in Isaiah was pointing to Jesus. And, uh, you know, we use that a lot in Easter and, and uh, Christmas and things like that. Thanks. I heard you, Katie. Thank you. I appreciate that. And so, um, we, since that was called the fifth gospel, we jumped to the four gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And gospel means good news. And so it was good news that uh, Jesus was at creation, and, and he spoke the world into existence. And then uh, through each of the Old Testament books, uh, we see the picture of Jesus. He came as a, uh, a baby, and he was sinless uh, throughout his um, life. He started his ministry at 30, um, and then he died at a, a horrible death on the cross uh, three years later. And then he was in the grave for three days. He resurrected on the third day, and now he's sitting at the right hand of God and in all glory and power and majesty, and he intercedes for his people. And you could be part of his people if you just have faith in Jesus. <laughs> and uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Now we're done. Just preach the gospel message. The gospel message is good news because now you can get to God. You can go to heaven because of Jesus. And so I say that because words are important. Every word that proceeds from your mouth, you will be judged on. Just let that sink in. That sinks into me too because I've... I've said some interesting things to my son and daughter. Do I wish I could have taken back? Yes. Did they hurt them? Yes. Words hurt. But also words heal, and words are in love and in truth. The longest English word is 190,000 characters. That would be the chemical name for... I think titan, T-I-T-I-N. I don't know how you say it. How would you say it? Sure, let's go with that. It's the longest known protein in the human body. The longest word found in the major dictionary is 45 characters long. The word is, no, I can't pronounce it. It starts with a P, ends with an S. There you go. Uh, okay. Yep. It refers to lung disease uh, caused by silica dust. There's a word for all things breakfast. Did you know that? So uh, if you're talking about pancakes, cornflakes, orange juice, they are all called under one word, genticulular, and it's pertaining to breakfast. So if you ever go to breakfast, you can you know, surprise somebody with that word. These scrambled eggs are such a great genticulular dish. There you go. Of course, the plural of confetti is more commonly used word, but you can use the singular of... I hate confetti. Does anybody else I hate confetti? Oh, thank you. It's hard to get out of carpet. I just... Mm. Anyway, elementary school kids, that's the only thing I hate about them. Confetti. Second grade uses confetti. Anyway. Um, the singular form of that is confetto. Anybody heard that one? Anyway. That refers to each individual piece that you can't pick up off of the carpet. Not that I have a passion for that. And there's little straws that come with those 
things they stick all over the place and you can't pick them up and sorry i went down a rabbit hole uh schoolmaster is an anagram anagram you can take the words mix them up and use what does it spell you know schoolmaster spells into the word classroom the classroom uh western union mixed up is no wire unsent clint eastwood mixed up old west action and astronomers actually if you mix the words up the letters up moon starers interesting and then goodbye here's 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 the thing uh so any christian or christian who uses the word goodbye is actually a christian word check this out goodbye has a surprisingly religious origin the online etymology of dictionary explains that the common farewell comes from the 16th century english term good bois which means god be with you i love that even people who don't believe in God still say God's name. So words are important. So when we get to the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of the, the New Testament, we see that they had different perspectives. They, they were all with Jesus. They had different perspectives. And so we're looking at John. And John, whew, John has this high Greek uh, kind of uh, detail-oriented uh, and a whole different picture. Of Jesus. Now it was all about Jesus, but he starts right off the bat in this opening uh, opening paragraph. And remember, when the Bible was written, it had no uh, numbers and chapters and verses and all that stuff. We put all that in there. It was just one big letter or one big book, and we put it in there. So just to get context, Matthew uh, was a tax collector, a mathematician, and a politician. So there you go, Matthew. That's why I guess he was hated. He was a tax collector and a politician at the same time. And a mathematician. Everybody hates their math teacher, right? No, just kidding. Mark uh, was a teenager, mama's boy, interpreter for Peter. Luke was a physician, and in it, he was an interviewer and a reporter. And then John, you come along with John, he's a fisherman, but he was a theologian, and he studied a lot of things. He was a book smart. And he was an apostle. Matthew talks about Jesus being the king of the world, the king of glory. Mark talks about Jesus as a servant. So you have this king that is serving others. And then Luke talks about uh, Jesus as a seeker of the lost and the savior of the brokenhearted. And here's John. He comes with this whole other uh, aspect of Jesus, that Jesus is the embodiment of of God in human form. And we have that big word incarnate. And the reality to which the entire Bible story points to Jesus Christ. Every book of the Bible points to Jesus. And so, as we go through this, words are important. Do you remember somebody in elementary or middle school or high school that said something to you that just stuck? My fifth grade teacher said I was an idiot, I would amount to nothing, and he threw me against the locker. And I still remember that today. Now, I remember words that are healing. Every time I remember them, it brings a smile to my face, it brings me joy, it almost brings me to tears, and sometimes it does. My dad was not the best dad in the world, but two years before he passed away, he became a Christian, and he said he was proud of me, and he loved me.
Sorry. <laughs> but words are important. <laughs> that, that stuck with me, for, and that healed so much pain that he gave me. Words are important. And so when John comes on the scene here and he says, John, in John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the what? Word. Oh, wait a minute. If words are important, why would he call Jesus the word? Because every word that proceeded from Jesus' mouth was awesome and powerful and authoritative and compassion and love. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, that's Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. (laughs) That is so good. He starts right off the bat. And so, and John is saying here, words are important. So words, even from our Savior, can change things. Look at Matthew 4.4. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on what? Every word comes from the mouth of God. Trust me, I do not live on bread alone. I can't have bread anymore with this operation. And so I long for bread. And when I do eat it, I hurt myself. But can you just walk into a store that just, you know, freshly baked bread? (sighs) That's how we should when we come to Jesus. (sighs) He's so good. I don't think we want to put butter on Jesus, but he's like bread to us. He is the word. Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, every word of God is what? Flawless. Right here. This is the inspired and word of God. There's no errors in the Hebrew and the Greek and the Aramaic that it was written in. Now, of course, we translate it, and there's some weird translation things, and but it's inerrant. Matthew 7, 24 through 26 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. Who do you think the rock is in this? Jesus. <laughs> it's his found, that is our foundation. But everyone who hears these words of mine Hears these words of mine and puts them not into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. What happens to sand when you build on it? See ya. It's gone. All you need is a little water. It's gone. You plant yourself on a rock. One big rock. And it can stay there forever. Matthew chapter 12, 35 through 37. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. So I say, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you see. Because it will go in. And eventually, where will it go? It will come out, guys. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. I hate you. That's empty. You're going to be judged on that. You're an idiot. You're going to be judged on that. You know, Jesus Jesus tells us not to curse. Well, cursing is not just the big ones. Everybody is made in the image of God. And if you're going to really damage them by your words, that's the same as you're saying the F word or the B word or the D word or the S word. 
just the same. God says every word that comes out of our mouth should be encouraging and uplifting. And yet what do we do? We go straight for the what? The jugular vein. And cut people down. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. And so when we ask Jesus to come in our life, and when we ask Jesus to have faith in him, our words are powerful. Because we're saying, look, Jesus, we want you, not us. And then you get to the really cool translation is Greek. Right, right, Dean? You and I, we're going. Send it. This is an interesting thing right here. So I'm going to only read a little bit of that. Dean, see if I'm right on this, okay? In arcane... Hain o logos kai o logos en pros tan theon kai theos en o logos. The really cool about this tan theon right there, where is it? Oh, right there, second one down. Tan theon, that means the God. There's only one of them. We don't put that in our English translation. The God, there's only one. Now there's little gods with a small g that are demons are going around and think they have power, but they don't because there's only one true God. Amen. You don't get that in English. We don't put the, the God in there, but Greek does. So I say, if you go back to the original language, whew, there's some stuff that we way miss in our language. Words are important. And John's going from that to saying the word of God is everywhere. And so we look at Psalms and Proverbs while Genesis 1 introduces the divine person and creative speech of God, the books of Psalms and Proverbs explore the idea in greater, greater depth. The key words and images of Genesis 1, 1 through 3, which is, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God, what? Said. I wish I could do that. Million dollars. Mm. He said, and it existed. And he said what? Let there be light. And there was light. When he speaks, things happen out of nothing. He is the creator of all things. Now, he's not the creator of evil. We choose to do that. Sin does that. Other people do that because they have sin to do it for us. Or nature is sinful and it wreaks havoc on our world. Even God says the earth is crying out for Jesus to come back because the world is sinful. Even the physical world is sinful. That's why we have dogs that bite you and snakes that bite and bees that sting. But God made everything good and wonderful, and then we messed it up. That's why he needed Jesus to bring us back into his fold, his creation to come back. Proverbs 3.19 says, By the wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundation. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. Just by his what? Words. Now, can we comprehend that? No. Can we do that ourselves? No. Can we put that in a science lab and start that? No. That's why it takes faith. There are many things that we believe that we can't 100% prove. But we put faith in it. We put faith in who wrote it or who saw that. And so we put faith in Jesus that he is the one, the word of God came and put things into existence. 
Psalm 33, 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry hosts, but the breath out of his mouth. Isn't that cool? He didn't even speak it. He just... And there's the stars. We only have seen, uh, I think it's one-fourth, no, one-eighth of our universe. One-eighth. That's almost like taking a cup of water, dipping it in the ocean, and say, there's our universe that we've explored. Isn't that amazing? And it's still, it's out there. There's still tons and tons. And we will never get to the end of it. When Jesus said, it's done, it's out there, I've stopped creating, now you go look. And everything we see is in awe. I mean, have you just stopped and wondered, all these stars and universes that we've found, it humbles me that he would pick us, humans, to die for, to come and be like us, and be sinless and come and win us back. John 1, 1 through 3 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So it talked about Jesus. Every time it says the Word, it talks about Jesus. This one was in the beginning with God. All things through him did happen, and without him happened not even one thing that hath happened. Woo! That's some interesting words there. And so the Word is living. It actually lives on. Jesus lives on. John's riddle-like introduction of Jesus is strange at first, but Genesis, Psalms, Proverbs, and other Jewish and Greek literature all provide insight into John's meaning. In Genesis, creation began with God creating life with his words. The beginning was good, but when God's creatures rejected his word, then they were spiraling down to death and sin. The world needs a new beginning. So God continues to speaking his divine word again and again into people's hearts. The theme continues in Psalms and Proverbs as God's words of wisdom and poetically continuing to shape all existence according to his wisdom and his knowledge. John recognizes Jesus as the embodiment of the wisdom in Jesus. And so we look in Hebrews and it develops this idea even more. Hebrews chapter 4, 12 through 13 says, For the word of God is what? Alive and active. Now, a lot of times we're like, oh, the word of God. Yeah, the Bible. Yeah, yeah, that's what it really means. But have you ever stopped and thought, maybe let's talk about Jesus too? If this is a living word of God, and Jesus brought this into existence with other people writing it from their perspective through the Holy Spirit, Jesus can use his word in a living way in our life. So it's interesting, when John described the word, and then there's this word in other scriptures that says, for the word of God is alive and active. Yeah, Jesus is speaking through his word. Jesus, word, see the connection there? Sharper than any double-edged sword is penetration, even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him who we must give an account. We must give an account to the word. John 1, 1 through 3, Amplified Bible. This is an interesting one because they start explaining it as it goes. In the beginning, before all time, which is good to know that, was the word 
Christ or Jesus. The Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him not even one thing was made that has come into being. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God were there at creation. They said, make man in our image. That Hebrew word there is plural and yet singular. Huh? Take it by faith. (laughs) I'm not explaining it because anything that we try to explain the Trinity with doesn't work. We just know that Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit are one. The word of God in our lives, so if it's active, it's actually acting in our lives, it's actually a personable way that God is connected with us through Jesus, then it lives in our lives. The word of God became a person living and active and breathing. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Remember, Jesus was tempted in every way. You think of a sin, and he was tempted to do it. But did he? No. He was sinless. So that gives us the idea that when the Holy Spirit is in us, we can actually say no to what? No, I'm not doing that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's in me. I'm not going to do that. Now, are we going to sin? Yes. But hopefully we sin less, less, and less, and less. But here it is. Jesus knows what we're going through. Never doubt for a second. Oh, Jesus doesn't know what this feels like. Yes, he does. Well, Jesus, he he never went through this. Yes, he did. Did he do it? No, but he was tempted, and he knows our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way. That's why you don't go to a person anymore, because all of you are weak. All of you are not God. I want to go to the perfect one. You're not perfect. Now, it does say confess sins to each other, so we can help each other, but you cannot forgive my sins. Jesus can. That's why we go directly to Jesus and not you people, <laughs> or anybody in this world. Jesus says, you come to me. You don't come to anybody else. I'm glad about that, because you know how many ministers and Christians have disappointed me? <laughs> Way too many to count. But I put my faith in Jesus, not people. Don't let your faith be dictated by a person's weakness. I've seen so many people, I'm not going to church, because that person, he did something. Or she did something. And then you lose out on salvation because the other person has power over you. You don't come to church because of that person. You come to church because you need Jesus. You need his grace and his mercy. Not the preachers. Not the people who are serving. Not the people who are doing music. You're not a consumer. You are a servant of Jesus. And so when... We see this. He says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God wants to hear everything from you. Every need, every concern, every complaint, everything. I wish we can get out of this idea that we have to have this holy prayer and only one person can say it. I go to these family events. I love my family. Don't don't get me wrong. But everybody's like, they're all Christians. Hey, let's pray. Frankie. What? 
They're all Christians. They could pray too. Or we're down in a Bible study. We're going to pray. Who likes to pray? Crickets. We're all Christians, right? Yeah. We'll go pray. I'm like, just because I'm the pastor doesn't mean I pray all the time. Sometimes I want to hear you people. God meets us at our need. He's not so holy that he can't come with us. Because he brought Jesus. Jesus is called the word of God in John's gospel. Look at John 1, 1 through 3, one more time. In the beginning was the word. That's Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God. And Jesus was and still is God. Jesus was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Jesus. And apart from Jesus, nothing came into being that has come into being. So who do we run to? Who do we go back to? It's Jesus. I know I say that too much on Sundays. Frankie, why can't you just open the paper and start preaching from the paper? I don't want to do that because it's about Jesus. Well, why don't you touch on political issues or these big things that are going on? Because if they had Jesus, none of that would have mattered anyway. I want to point to Jesus. He is the word. He is the life. He is the breath of life. He is my savior. And if I stop preaching Jesus, please fire me. Because then it won't be church. It would just be a club. Words are important. The Psalms and Proverbs take out and... Uh, not take them out, but they, they, they take the, the wisdom of God and gives it to us to live by. The word of God is living and active, and Jesus is acting in our lives. Jesus, the word of God, is in our lives. And so, as people are graduating from high school, Ellie, Andrew, and Cody, we need to know that your words are important. The things that you learn are important. You can either learn them or use it for selfish reasons, or you can learn it and use it for God and his glory. There's only two choices. And I think all of us need to come to the idea that Jesus is the word. And the word was among men. And the word was perfect. And he still speaks to us today. Let's pray.